At First Commonwealth Bank, we understand that many of today's businesses are facing uncertain times. And that means there's no more important time for having the right financial partner behind you. A partner with the resources and experience to help take care of your business. An SBA preferred lender who can see what others may not and do what others cannot. If you're ready to talk with a financial partner who can help your business today and into the future, there's no better time to talk with us. First Commonwealth Bank, member FDIC. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Dynamite After Dark. You're on LOP Radio and um, also on YouTube. And you're not going to be holding to forget to set the audio. So I'll go quick here before I throw it to him, because otherwise you're not going to hear one of the brilliant things that he says. Of course, even if you even if I do switch it to audio so you can hear me, you're still not going to hear any brilliant things that he says. So. Okay. I didn't say that because I knew you were going to <laughs> and not <laughs> they can't hear you say that either. So, oh, well, yeah. <laughs> can hear me somewhere. All right, now the audio is set, so now they can hear you, Jeff. What do you? All have I know, I have nothing, nothing to say. I thought the opening match was great. I um, we talked a ago about how Will Osprey is so good; he makes people you even know look great. And the fact that we didn't know Dowie James was not necessarily his um, abilities fault. But the fact that we didn't know, what was it, Alan Ingalls or Angels or whatever the hell his name is. Um, Yeah. Kenny Omega made him look great in spots. He looked good enough to be a threat to Kenny. And I I have to give Kenny the same props I gave Will a couple of weeks ago where that's how great he is, is he can elevate other people up to his level. And I felt like he did that tonight. Fair enough. You know, I, I thought I actually thought this was a lot better this week than it was last week. Oh, my God, much better. Like, uh, 300 times better. But I, but I will say, but I, you know, the, I, I do have to say, like start, starting off the bat with his show, that I see no reason to have a 14-minute main event and have to have a commercial in the middle of it. I don't really want to comment on that yet because that irritated me. Not not necessarily the commercial break. I think the fact that this was going to be Dustin Rhodes' last match and you know his retirement match, we didn't find out about it until hour one of this show. And then they threw a commercial break in it. Oh, I knew about it yesterday. And regardless, it, it just, this should have been, this is the type of thing that should be with, uh, with a guy of Dustin Rhodes' legacy and just his career. And the fact that he's starting a brand new take team with uh, um, Apple Boy. What's his name? Marshall. Yeah. Um, it, it just didn't hit home. And the fact that they they played it up the way they did and then threw a commercial break in the middle of it. Just, there was no doubt to who was going to win it with, yeah, I mean, it was, it was all just a bunch of flim flam. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> um, See what I did there? <laughs> yeah, I did. Um, the fact that he, and not only that, but then he won the match with, uh, a Canadian destroyer. That he's calling a code red. Well, really no, kind of. To be fair, Skiavon called it a code red. Well, somebody called it a code red, but that was clearly a Canadian destroyer. Yeah. A code red is when you um, flip into a power bomb. This was a flip into a pile driver. That's a Canadian destroyer. Right. You know, and that irritated me. I it just the the whole main event thing. Everything about it, the, the retirement angle, the commercial break, the missed calls of moves, the the um, even Jericho with the I hate him, I love him, I hate him, I love him, by that time got to a point where we had already seen that kind of commentary in the Kenny Omega match. So I was I was done with that. It's just after the whole flim flam video thing, I was just done with tonight's episode. <laughs> Well, I mean, your your point about the destroyer is well is well taken. I mean, really, a Canadian destroyer is a, is a flip flip pile driver, and a code red is a 
uh, Sunset Flip Driver. So, I mean, really, um, definitely, it's you know, it was a Canadian destroyer. That once to the head, did. once to the back. Yeah. I mean, and that's and, and roads did one lands in a pinning combination, the other doesn't. Too. Right. Um, you know, and the the fact that, uh, and I I know what you're saying about the flim flam video, and I'm an avid Snapchat user, and when you're viewing other people's Snapchat videos, in between the videos, like I got friend A, friend B, in between those two friends, I get a uh, a commercial, and same thing with B to C and C to D and so on. Um, I see that TikTok video so much that I'm so sick of TikTok that even the the generic reference with flim flam bothered me. You're 45 it, years old. You should not be that. Um, you should not be that into Snapchat that you're that you're getting distracted watching a wrestling show. Watching Snapchat. Okay, Snapchat. I I'm 46, and the fact that the TikTok video that I'm referencing is literally five to six times a day and they did the exact same dance moves in that TikTok video that bugs the piss out of me anyway. My point is, if you weren't a 46-year-old man on Snapchat all the time, it wouldn't have been able to get to you like that. True, true, true. It still bugged me. <laughs> I, 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 I thought like, it was I, hilarious. I, I, I loved, um, I loved especially uh, Jake Hager's um, version of the. Okay, that was funny. Like, that was terrific. Yeah, that was funny too. And Sammy's little flipping and doing everything he did was kind of funny. Um, I, I felt like the the video itself was funny, but I didn't have high hopes for this segment last week, and it pleasantly surprised me. So it's not. A huge grasp that I was disappointed this week. Yeah, I thought it was great this week. I thought it was even better this week than it was last week. And I especially love Sammy. Like the prize is sanitizer. That's all you had to say. <laughs> well, with him <laughs> snuggling his cat on the weight bench was great too. I mean, yeah. we can't we can't put that you know gloss over that. That was pretty funny too. I, I, I just, I, I don't know. I, I did like Matt Hardy's um, video. And then uh, <coughs> Hager's also saying, you know, you, you, t- you texted me that, you know, that he had said to Sammy that, um, you know, you're too beautiful to be sad, but then he followed up with sadness is for ugly people. Yeah, <laughs> that was, it, it really was. <laughs> Sammy, sadness is for ugly people. You're too beautiful to be sad. That was one of the greatest things I've heard. I I laughed. I literally laughed out loud. My kid is sitting on the side of the end of the couch watching with me. He's like, "What's so funny, Daddy?" I'm like, "I'll explain it in like ten years. <laughs> when you're a little older, older, I'll explain that because uh, that yeah, that really you might made... want to wait that long to explain to him that you know what it means to be assigned as female when you're born at, at birth as well. Oh my God, that commercial was rough. <laughs> I sat there with my jaw dropped open, going, "Really." Are we really watching this? <laughs> Assigned as a female at birth. I, I've literally, the virus has gotten to me. I've seen everything now. Yeah. I mean, I, mean I, just, I, I, you know, I, I just, you know, I want to break it to, to our fans out there that if you have a vagina when you're born, you're not assigned female at birth. You're literally a female. I just, that was, look, look I, I, I have not a racist bone in my body. I could care less. You know, you do you, whatever. There's no homophobia. Well, There's well, nothing with me. If you only do you, you're not going to get AIDS anyway, and you won't need the drugs. That's a good point. But, there, you know, there's no homophobia with me. One of my best friends is gay. I, I think we talked about that last week. I don't know about the when we were talking about the coronavirus. And one of my one of my closest friends lives in France, and he's married to a guy with, who's HIV positive who survived the coronavirus they you know his entire family you know uh matt and uh, and herve and even their baby son nario all had the coronavirus and they all survived and part of the reason why i've kind of relaxed over the last couple of weeks is knowing that knowing that a guy who's hiv positive survived I know I have some underlying health issues and have problems and whatever, but knowing that really was kind of a 
a breath of fresh air. I'm happy for him. I'm happy for their entire family. But at the same time, on my own side, I'm like, wow, if he can survive, I can too. You know, I'm very happy for your friend living in France too, because as I learned today watching The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, France is full of schlongs. French schlongs. Why do you think they're living there? <laughs> that is a fantastic show. If you have not watched it yet, I highly recommend it. It's not yet up our usual alley, but it's it's so great. It's it's on my radar. I have been told about it a couple of times. It's um, it's on my one of my lists. Um, I'll definitely get to it at some point. But it's, I'm it's still. Like watching, it's like watching a series of, of of connected sketches. It's just it's just fantastic. I'm so wrapped up right now in the Arrowverse mm-hmm. that it's hard to get me out of that. Like I I had to force myself to watch Watchmen, and I and I think I'm forcing myself right now to. Um, when we finally get up and going on it, I'm going to force myself to watch Lock and Key. But my every chance I get right now is Arrowverse. And now that well, that's that's kind of funny because Arrowverse is DC and Watchmen is DC. So yeah, yeah. It, it's it's just a whole different. Um, I mean, I'm when I'm talking about Arrowverse, I'm talking CW DC lineup because it's a whole different thing. And I I you know I'm now. I've got four different shows going on. You know, I've got a couple more that are coming up here. But right now, I'm you know, it, it's Arrow, it's Flash, it's uh, Supergirl, and now uh, Legends Tomorrow's have, have joined the group. So I'm watching their first episode tonight. So I mean, that's you know, four hours at a shot. Uh, I know you're not there yet at Legends, but he might. I mean, but I think he's probably popped up on Arrow for you now. I was telling my wife. Today oh, Constantine. That, uh, oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was telling my wife today that. Uh, you know, J.J. Uh, Abrams now has a three-picture, a three-project deal with HBO Max, and one of those is for is for a show based on Justice League Dark. So I'm just wondering, like, you know, when when that actually starts getting produced, is Legends of Tomorrow still going to be on? And if it is, is Constantine still going to be on that show? Because he has to be. Because it'll, it'll be very interesting to see two different versions of Constantine on television. And I just can't imagine after seeing his his portrayal there, I just can't imagine him being played by anybody else now. Well, the 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 thing I like about the Arrow version of Constantine, and and of course DC's, you know, you know when I get there, Legends tomorrow when I get there, it's the same Constantine that had his own original show, yep, and I loved show. him. Yep. I loved him in his original series. So it was, seeing him on Arrow was kind of like, oh yeah, this is the John Constantine I know. And then you know, like you said, getting him in the uh, Legends tomorrow is kind of a treat too. So. I'm looking forward to getting there. Yeah, you know, and I never finished this Constantine. I watched the, like the first five or six episodes of Constantine, but I never finished the entire series. And it's on DC Universe, so I'm going to get caught up on that at some point. It's it's great. It doesn't tie into the Arrowverse at all, so it's something you can do standalone without knowing what's going on in in, in Arrow and Flash and so on. Um, but it's it's definitely one of my favorites. I I it, I was really sad it only got one season. Yeah, well at least we get at least we get him in the Arrowverse now. So. Yeah, so you know that's good because he's such a compelling character. Yeah, so we we veered off a little bit on, on our on a tangent, but you know Jeff and, I are, Jeff, and I are, Jeff and I are just totally into DC right now. So um, anyway, I mean, as far as this show goes, I thought we got a great match. I I guess I don't want to say great. I don't want to say it was a five star classic. But um, Kenny's match against uh, Alan Ingalls or whatever the hell his name was. Alex Angels. It was Alex or was it Alan? It was Al- uh, Alan. Alan Angels. And his, his last name was Angels. So, but he yeah, kept yeah, being called. Um, yeah, Jericho kept calling him by the wrong name. Well, it, it, that's what it said on his tights, though, too. I because no, I didn't. saw, didn't it? I could have swore it said Ingalls on his tights. No, it said Angels. It's like Jericho Did said it? it said Ingalls too, but no, it said Angels. Oh, I, I don't know. I I was right there with him when he said that. But, you know, it, it, it was another example of Kenny being Kenny. Kenny has this ability to not only tell a great story, but to do it with anybody in the ring. And even though this wasn't that five-star classic that we got out of Osprey and Dowie James, this was a very, very good match. And... I'm sure Alan Ing- Alan Angels is a great wrestler, but 
I don't know that because Dowie was, you know, the heavyweight champion of his, you know, of his company and he'd been pushed to the moon and everything. So I don't know that Alan Angels is on the same level of a Dowie James, but at the same time, I think you got to see what makes Kenny so special because Kenny put over Alan Angels in a way that Lance Archer never did the week before or two weeks ago. Did he face did he face Lance Archer two weeks ago? Yeah, that was his first match. That was uh, I didn't realize that. That was okay. the jobber that um, after after he beat up Marco Stunt the next week he came in and beat up that jobber and that was Alan Angels. Well, at least Marco Stunt gets another chance against Wardlow next week. Oh goody! Wait, did the Wardlow match happen this week? Yeah. How did I miss that? You didn't see Wardlow have a match this week? No. I saw him advertised. No, it happened, and he he beat some, he beat some uh, black guy. I think, or is that, or is that uh, Brody Lee beat the black? I can't, I can't remember. He, I don't know. So and so did and so did Ward, though. So what you're saying is there was an opening match, there was three jobber matches, two of them being complete squashes, and then a finals match, and then a you know main event again this week. Oh there, no, there was a, there was a sixth match because there was also. Um, Orange Cassidy taking on Jimmy Havoc. Okay, yeah, you're right. But there was there was still three squash matches on the show, and they were still a lot more entertaining than last week's squash, squash matches. But it, it's starting to become repetitious. This is the third or fourth week in a row where we've had an opening match, multiple squash matches, and then a main event. I love squash matches. I I, I do to a point. I, I mean, I've, I've made this argument before so many times that I'm I'm kind of tired of making the argument. But I mean, there when you keep having your your top guys against each other, or even your, you know, when you keep having name guys against each other, eventually you run out of matchups and you run out of, of freshness. I'm not going to disagree. I I do like the squash matches. I just don't want to see them getting into that kind of formula where people are going to turn the channel because they know okay, we're going to get a great opening match and a great main event and then we're going to get three squash matches in between them so we can turn the channel and see what's on nxt well i think they have to do that right now because just because they have such a limited roster to work with yeah and and i and that that probably is why nxt is beating them in the ratings last couple of weeks is because um is because nxt that you know you're going to get all you know nxt wrestlers against nxt wrestlers but um but in you know in AEW you're going to get whatever roster they have available, and you're going to get a great main or opening match, great main event, and then squash matches in between. Maybe let's you know maybe start with a squash match. Let's roll up the formula a little bit so to keep the um, general populace guessing what's going to happen. When yeah, it, it, I, right also, right now we've got the same formula happening every single week, and it's been a month now with the same formula. Let's mix it up a little. But you also know you're not going to get the Bucks. You're not going to get Hangman Page. You're not going to get um, Devil's Triangle. You're not going to get um, – or Death Triangle, I mean. You're not going to get um, uh, Nyla Rose or um, – or, or, or Riho. I mean, you, you know that you're not going to get some of the top people that help that help this company be successful the, in their first six months of existence. So no, I get that. So it's kind of um, it's kind of hard to keep building an audience that way, or to keep an audience going that way. But it's also hard to bring your uh, audience back to a main event when there's no guessing. When you're literally like you're you're sitting there, you go okay. We have that one good match. Let's go over to NXT now because we know we're going to get some good talent there and some good matches there when we're just going to get squash, ma- squash matches on the other channel. Mm-hmm. You know, it, no, it's, I agree, but I, but I just I just don't see that they have a choice right now. <clears throat> I understand. I just think maybe let's mix the formula up a little bit. Let's get a squash match to open the show next week and maybe a barn burner, you know, middle of the show. Something to keep the audience from leaving. The other thing that we haven't had the last couple of weeks, well, no, I think we had one last week, but we didn't have a women's match this week. 
and we haven't had a tag match for a couple of weeks. It's all well, we get straight a, singles matches. You know? We get a tag match next week. Oh, the best friends versus... Uh, Havoc and Sabian. Okay. Well, at least we get a tag match, though. I mean, but yeah, I mean, they, we haven't had a tag match, I don't think, since that main event with... Um, with uh, he who I don't like to name and Cody Rhodes... Um, and then their partners in there as well. You know, Sammy Guevara. He's and, uh, he that I don't like to name. Really? You're calling them Voldemort? <laughs> 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 We've gotten that far with Sean Spears that he's now Voldemort. <laughs> I couldn't think of his name. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I'd be funny about it. Yeah, well, it was. Um <laughs> I, I yeah you're right and this week was that was a glaring omission there was no females other than Penelope Ford there was none in the crowd well I'm Brandy um but there was none in the crowd there was none like the last few weeks they've kind of kept Rip Baker on TV where even if Who? if she wasn't it, Chelsea Baker if she wasn't in the ring uh, with a match or doing a backstage promo, she was in the audience creating some heel heat. And this week, we had none of that. We didn't have Sheeta. We didn't have um, a, a Britt Green. We didn't have uh, you know anybody outside of those two that were basically managers. Which I I felt like that was something that really missed this week too because even Britt, as much as um, we hated her in the beginning, has really found herself in her new role, and she has really been a bright spot over the last month of AEW TV. So not having her even in the stands was a glaring omission this week. Yeah, and I would have loved to see her come out and do some do some commentary on one of the matches. I mean, there, why why is there like a rule that women can only comment during a woman's match? You know. Well, it, it, and I get it. You know, they they pre-taped these. These were taped weeks ago, so they might not have realized that Britt was going to hit the way she did. But she is she has really taken off in her role and really kind. Of, I hate to say it, outside of the opening and main events. She has been the bright spot of every show. She's been there. Yeah, I, I've I've, agree, I've enjoyed the hell out of her lately. Um, I'm just not, you know. But I mean, you can't. You also can't have her wrestle in every single show either. I suppose, and especially in squash matches. But, no, but even having but her, I, but, in, I, but, I, but I do think they could have. You know, they definitely could have had at least a female out there this week. Even if there wasn't a female match, having Britt in the stands. Um, doing her little heel tactics, um, you know, and whatever that was, you know, a couple weeks ago she argued with, um, I I can't remember his name, but he had nothing to do with anything, and she argued with him. You know, she took off her heel, heel and beat down uh, somebody that was thrown in the ring. That match between Sammy and uh, and Darby would have been a great spot for her because when he got crotched on the on the apron, she could have came up and hit him with his with her heel or just yelled at him or something. It would have been a great way to showcase probably the best heel on the on the on TV over the last couple of weeks and given your female division a highlight and you know kept something interesting in there that's become a really high spot of the last couple of weeks. I had a really hard time buying the beginning of that match. Why? Because it was the exact same as the Revolution match. Well, it was opposite, but I mean, basically, because by the only by the, opposite by the time, because it was Sammy and not Darby doing the in, doing the punishing. It, it, it the but, the but whole no, match no, that's, pissed that's me not, off. That's not of why it. you asked me a question that you didn't let me. Talk nah, I don't care about your answer. Uh, but, you know, but, I mean, Darby wasn't that beaten down, that being gently placed on a ladder and then Sammy taking about a minute to climb to the top rope <laughs> should, have let, should have left Darby in the state to, to stay on top of the ladder to get splashed. So that really took, a, took away a lot for me. I, I, to be honest, I looked forward to this match. I want to see Darby and Sammy. I've wanted to see Darby and Sammy for almost two months now. And they keep giving me this garbage to begin the match. And then a short in-ring after the bell uh, production 
that ultimately leads to Darby winning. I want to see these two guys start to finish bell to bell, give us what they can give us. And we haven't gotten that yet. No, and maybe they're holding off for that. I'm not sure why, but maybe they're holding off for that. But at least they did have a, like, a lot longer in-ring match than they did at Revolution. True. And, Very and, true. But, the only, but there was also two commercials during it, too, which drove me nuts. It it was just the fact I, that it was the exact same formula, only reversed. It was Sammy and not Darby this time. Um, when I saw Sammy attack Darby before the bell and then their little fight and I saw the ladder come out and I'm like, oh yeah, here's the table spot. It was just, it was too similar to their revolution match that it really turned me off. And that's sad. But it because, made sense. I mean, it, it did make sense for like, like Jericho was saying for Sammy to do that. Yeah, it did. For, for him trying to get the jump, for him trying to get the revenge and the jump on Darby. So I mean, it's it's hard to condemn them for that. It's just that I didn't think it was pulled off particularly well either. I just I wish it had been forgotten what had happened at Revolution. I did not want to see a free TV pre- review of what happened at Revolution. I think that's my where my biggest issue was when when all that was going on, I was like, "Oh shit, I've seen this before. I don't care anymore." Well, and, and the worst part, and the worst part probably for you is that you know you talked about how, how uh, Arlo got to hear you laugh, you know, earlier in the night or later on in the night. But I'm sure he got to hear you got to see you you cry when cry. and uh, Sammy. No, I because I expected it with the whole you know, and as much as I wanted it to, you know, we talked about this before. There were only three real winners that we saw coming into this: is Darby, it's Sammy, and it's uh, Lance Archer. But ultimately, when all that happened two weeks ago in the tag match, or three weeks ago in the tag match, Darby was going to win this. That was not a outcome that really wasn't questioned. So, uh, uh, you know, going into it, kind of thinking Darby was going to win it and then having Darby actually win it. And then the, the fact that they really kind of repeated their recipe from revolution, which if you look at the whole thing and the revolution match, if you take it all into context and, look at everything in just this is start to finish storyline, everything going on. It's a four and a half star match. When you look at bell to bell, it was a two star match and it was the same thing tonight. And they literally repeated a formula that we've seen already. To me, that was, it's not, it's not Jeff. You're, you keep saying it was a repeat, but it wasn't there. There, they started off the same way. I agree with you, but not, but not to the extent that the revolution match was. You know, the, no, because it, it, the, the it actual in ring talent. Of it, it wasn't that there was two thirds outside the ring this time, like there was the last time. They actually had no, a strong performance in the ring as well. I'll agree with you. The in ring stuff was much, much better. But for me personally, I'm saying once I saw that same repeat in the beginning. I was out. You can't say a same same repeat. It's either a repeat or it's the same. Okay, the repeat. Once I saw, (laughs) once I saw the um, same thing happen from a different angle in the beginning, I was out. Personally, myself, I was out, and that made me sad because I love both these guys. I think both these guys are the future of the business. Of uh, you know, Sammy is on that um, uh, Marty Skrull plateau for me darby is close behind him these are two guys that i think are going to carry the business over the next 10 years and to see what i saw pulled me out of the entire match and that's just me it might not i really don't understand that because i mean to me as a as a sammy fan or you know thinking along those lines i would be like well shouldn't sammy want to get his revenge and do exactly the same thing you know try to get try to jump darby but from the start this time you know it, it makes perfect sense he would do that it makes perfect sense, but it it just it screamed the same thing, and I didn't want to see the same match between these guys. My problem was not that it happened. My problem was that I didn't think it was it was done very well. Okay, it, it makes it sense, seems, seems and, like and that's fine. Just, it seems like it was just too tame, I guess. And and you know that's fine, and you know I and I get where people are coming from. I'm just saying from my point of view, I didn't want to see the same thing again. 
I wanted to see a really highly contested, I want to see what these two can do in the ring from bell to bell with nobody getting jumped beforehand and just see what they can do to each other. I want to see the two of them at the top of their game. We know what Sammy can do. We know what Darby can do. I want to see the two futures of this company square off in the middle of the ring right now with nobody jumping anybody before the bell, nobody putting anyone through a table or anyone you know bouncing off a ladder or any of that crap. I just want to see Darby and Sammy bell to bell in the ring. Show me your athleticism. Show me your countering, your moves, your storytelling. Just show me all of it, but show me it from bell to bell. Bell to bell in the ring, meaning that meaning that there's a stipulation that anybody leaves the ring, they, they automatically lose by disqualification or get thrown into a tiger. No, no, you know, tiger Yeah, you, no. I mean, that's taken a little <laughs> too far. But the the two matches we've got between the two of them have been thirty minute matches. But 15 minutes of that 30 or, you know, you know, 10 minutes of the 20 or whatever has taken place outside the ring before the bell even sounds. You want to and I, and I said this about the revolution match. I gave the revolution match a two and a half star because of the bell to bell. If you had taken that outside stuff and incorporated it into the actual match sprinkle it in a little bit here a little bit there that would have been a five-star match for me but because you had all the outside stuff beforehand then the bell then a 10-minute match i was it, it it didn't resonate the way i think it could have and i felt the same way tonight about the same for the same reasons you take some of that outside interference, some of that flipping outside, some of the, you know, crashing into barricades and the ladder spot, and you sprinkle that in between the actual in-ring stuff, I think it could have told a much better story and I think would have been a much better match. Fair enough. I mean, I, I always go by go over the entire presentation. So I think I think you and I kind of ended with the same result, but, you know, yours is because it happened. Mine was because it didn't happen. It wasn't done very well. Right. Mine was because it didn't happen, I guess, the way that I think it should have. I think it should have happened, and I felt the same way about the Revolution match. It should have happened periodically through the match, not all in the beginning. And then the main event of tonight's show, I thought, was... I agree with you a lot on that. Is, I mean, there was no way that you're going to have Dustin Rhodes' career end in a match where, the, where that stipulation is announced like you know, within, the, within a day of the match. Right. And then you have two commercial breaks during what could have been a career final match. Yeah, I mean, you know, they did that they did that uh that thing where they were doing like the vignettes before the match started. They could have done the commercial after the vignette before the actual match started instead of doing it in the middle of the match. Right. I I thought that was ridiculous. I mean, they, they go they, to commercial and then they have like seven minutes left of the match when they get back from commercial. A couple things they did spot on tonight that I was really, really, really happy about. Um, I really liked the Matt Hardy broken segment yeah, where cool. he where he switched between broken Matt Hardy and the vessel Matt Hardy, yeah. and had the the two separate, basically separate interviews. I thought that was brilliant like I, I i i loved what they did there so much that that might have been the highlight of my night um because they you know they took the broken matt hardy the over-the-top matt hardy they called attention to the fact that people hate him because he's over the top but love him because it's so unique and then they switched that and they turned it into just plain Matt Hardy talking about Jericho. And I loved it. They called out the Sammy Guevara. They, you know, set up a match. So now the ultimate deletion is not necessarily between Hardy and Jericho, which, you know, I said last week could have caused problems. Now it's between Hardy and his understudy in Sammy, who if Sammy gets the ultimate deletion like Jeff Hardy did and makes his way to the broken universe, 
it doesn't hurt him. In fact, it makes Sammy a much more enthralling character. And then you have, you can have the fight for his soul and all that stuff between Jericho and Hardy going forward. You now turned a kind of a one match month long feud into something that could literally go on for a year, year and a half. Because now they're battling over Sammy and not battling between each other. I I thought it was brilliantly done. I thought everything about it was great, and I'm looking forward to it. Looking forward to everything about it. That's a great point. Yeah, I think that's that's a re- that's a really good point. Um, yeah, that would be a lot of fun to see to see ki- kind of uh, Matt Hardy ba- and Jericho battling for who gets to control Sammy or gets his soul or you know his essence or whatever. Yeah, right. Pretty cool. Well, the one thing that bugged me about the the elite deletion. When the uh, the deletion happened between Matt and um, Jeff, Jeff came over to Matt's side. When the deletion happened between Bray and Matt, Bray came over to Matt's side. I did not want to see a deletion between Hardy and uh, Jericho where the leader of the inner circle now comes over to Jericho's side. The fact that they're throwing Sammy in there is kind of the monkey wrench. Let's this continue to a point where, okay, Sammy can get beaten. Sammy can get ultimately deleted. We're going to get a whole new character for Sammy. That is another thing for a guy who's 24 years old, who's as talented as Sammy is. Now you're going to get Sammy in a whole new light. It could open up so many avenues for him. It can show what he can do on a different scale. And then you can have that ultimate back and forth between Jericho and Hardy going forward. You can turn a month-long segment into a year, year and a half, depending on how you play it. Mm-hmm. And it was just, it was such a cool idea that I saw tonight that I was like, oh God, I hope they do that. I really, really hope they do that. Yeah, I do too. So... um I don't know anything else. Anything else about tonight's episode? No, I thought I, you know, I, with the exception of their form formalatic stuff, um, maybe the Dustin retirement stuff at the end. I didn't think this was a bad episode. I thought it was much better than last week. I wish we would have done the um, live, you know watch along this week as opposed to last week because this was such a better show um there were a few misses i thought Brody lee squash match was kind of a miss i i don't remember the wardlow thing i i must have been doing something with my son or something i i i don't know i didn't even see that but um Ultimately, i felt like this week was much much better than last week and i'll i'll I would I would be okay with seeing this week continue going forward with just a few tweaks. Yeah, I thought everything about this episode was better than last week. I mean, there was there were some vignettes that were cool. There was I thought the opening match was better than last week. I thought the squash matches were better than last week. Um, I, I thought the main event was way better than last week's. And, wow. Uh, yeah. And uh, and you know I really enjoyed the stuff going on with um, Cassidy and and the best friends and the the. Uh, Havoc and Saving Alliance. So, you know, that was a lot of fun, I thought, all the way through this week. It is. It, it's nice to get a mid-card feud between alliances when people like Death Triangle and uh, the Jurassic Express and, you know, so on and so on aren't available to compete. Yep. Exactly. So we're, we're still getting kind of a mid-card feud something that can last a few weeks without all of the ancillary talent there. And I'm kind of interested to see who the, uh, the new member of the dark order is. Cause we kind of saw him in the shadows and we kind of saw the, all the- six, two and two forty. but is he, um, is he somebody that we, that we should know or is he just, or not, you know, the Heisman trophy winner. Is that what they said? He was a Heisman trophy winner. 
Well, he was uh, when they when they had the segment beforehand, which is applying to be a member of the uh, Dark Order. It, he had that article on his on his laptop saying former Heisman Trophy winner injured. Oh, okay. So it it's got me intrigued because I really felt like that was a spot for Rusev that would have made sense. Yeah. And when they talked about his height and his weight, I was like, eh, that's Rusev. But the whole Heisman Trophy thing has me kind of thrown. Rusev's got to be more than 240, doesn't he? No. If he's 240, I'd, I'd be surprised. I would say he's like 270. You look at people like AJ Styles who are 220, and they're not far off on weight. Okay. I mean, I think Dustin Rhodes is being labeled at 280. He looks like a 300-pounder. So. Yeah, I don't know. I guess I always, I guess I kind of, I kind of always thought that Rusev was like in that 270 range, 260 range. It's possible with wrestling. Who knows? Yeah. Hogan, Hogan was 330 one week and then 285 the next. So who knows? That's true. That's very true. Um, you know, maybe, maybe also though that Hawkins. I mean, we'd all be thinking. actually Zack Ryder. I would be. I think Zack Ryder. Now, I, I'm on record There's saying there's no way that Zack Ryder counts, though. You don't think so? Not with in his, Hangman Pages two seven. With wrestling weights. I mean. Seriously, they say Omega's 220. Omega looks easily 240, 250. Yeah, I agree. You know, but when I was thinking about it, it's Zack Ryder is one of those guys who, Hawkins, I think Kurt Hawkins is ridiculously talented, just never connected with the fans. But Zack Ryder, something with the fans that Kurt Hawkins never did. Plus the wrestling talent, you know, and, and, and I said this before, I said it last week, I said it, uh, eliminations in the revival should be the only that join the W roster, but I would not be upset if Zack Ryder got to. Yeah. You know, I mean, Miz fans said that, you know, they, that, you know, he, he thinks that AEW needs Mike guys, which is that, um, you know, Rockstar Spud and East three and I assume to me, I just. I don't think WWE's lower necessarily. Is Rockstar Spud even wrestling anymore? Well, he was one of the ones that was Drake Maverick, right? He was one of the ones. That oh yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, you're right. Um, no, I don't think EC3 I can see, but Rockstar Spud or Drake Drake Maverick, whatever he was going by, no, no. EC3 has some strong mic skills, but I think EC they've already got that kid MJF. So as much as I would like to see one of my favorite show, I'm going to say no to that. Um, I think Drake is a huge plus, especially with the Rockstar. Uh, if he could go back to that Rockstar stud. But at the same time, I'm going to say no be- simply because I know how well he could use him. Like EC3 would have to be put in a... Um, upper mid card main event push, uh, because of his name value, because he's a former champion elsewhere, and so on. Uh, and he has the mic skills. I just don't know that he's the right fit for what they have when they have MJF. Drake Maverick is another guy that he's great on the mic, but I don't know if his wrestling attribute is what this company needs. I no, do. I, I think I think he'd be great in a manager role, but I don't know that there's anybody there that needs a manager like him either. You know? No, exactly. I, mean, I don't. I guess. I guess you know. It, you know. Actually, it'd be kind of funny to have him work with the Devil's Triangle with the de- Death Triangle. I was just going to say that too. To have him be the because he's European. So, but with Pack having as strong a mic skills as he does, is there really a need? There's not. That's the thing. Is is there is there a need anywhere for him? And I don't think there is. You know, Where maybe, I think, may, I mean, maybe with the hybrid too. 
Yeah, you know what? That does make sense. That would make sense. He would be a great mouthpiece for them because that's that might be what they're lacking. They've got unbelievable talent, especially athletic talent, but they don't have a mouthpiece. And, and he could come into that role and really elevate them. Yeah. I mean, the only other thing is he could come in as a package along with uh, three volt as well. I mean, because you know, people are saying like Jim Cornette should be. I should hate be that name. I'm sorry. I, I don't. I, think I it's hate great. that name. But, uh, the revolt. <laughs> Why do the you resurgence? So I don't know the resurgence. I like the revival. I the revolt. Come on, it makes me think of puking. <laughs> I don't. I don't want to think of Why puking. Why does it make you I think, think of puking? I I because I, I, it's revolting. I I don't know. I just I don't want to think of that when I think of what could possibly be one of the greatest tag teams. If they continue performing the way they did in NXT, they could easily go down as one of the greatest tag teams of all time. Okay, let, let me rephrase. I, what if you came in as the mouthpiece for the top guys? That I'd be okay with. All right. <laughs> I'm all right with that. Because they the did also trademark top guys, and they also trademarked uh, the Shatter Machine. All right. Okay, Shatter Machine and top guys I'm okay with. Revolt, not so much. Well, Shatter Machine is our finishing move. Mm-hmm. I really don't want, to, I don't want, really don't want them to call themselves their finishing move. I thought it was stupid when Team 3D did it. So. Yeah, but they could call themselves Shatter Machine and then change their finishing move to another name. Okay, whatever. Regardless, they're one of the few names out there that I think could come in, make an instant impact become top guys right off the bat and challenge for the um, the tag team titles and be believable. You have to admit that the Revolt is a better name than PNP. No. No, I don't. <laughs> well, I will admit it for you then. No, it, it's not. I mean... <laughs> At least PNP can be shortened to PNP. We can't re, uh, shorten Revolt to RF, RVT or something like that. I think their shirt kind of looks kind of like, has like a stylized RV or something like that. Their logo, their logo. No, I don't want it. No, top guys, you're the top guys. Go <laughs> with that. Seriously, go with that. You'll get used to it. Mm. Yeah, you will. I won't, because I always think think of drinking too much and being revolted by a really unattractive woman. You realize that the revolt and re- you realize that a revolt and revolting are two different things, right? Doesn't matter. Same connotation. Oh, there was a great Hagar the horrible comic where where the uh, this guy's yelling to the king, "Sir, the peasants are revolting. The peasants are revolting." And Hagar re- and uh, Hagar replies. Yes, they are, aren't they? Okay, that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> that's really funny. Anyway, guys, you're listening to us on YouTube, hopefully, or LordsPainRadio.net. Um, if you're listening on YouTube, hit the like button, hit the subscribe button, ring the notification bell. Um, also, check us out on Patreon. Uh, next week, we've got another uh, Patreon exclusive. This time, what are we doing? Did I write it down? Uh, you're Patreon? supposed to know. Yeah. I didn't know. Uh, we Ring of Honor stuff. The uh, Death Before Dishonor 2011. Ah. Death Before Dishonor 2011. Mm-hmm. Writing it down. Anyway, and if you, and if you so get your shit together, we'll get, we'll cover the first five episodes of Lock and Key too. You know what I can do? I can do that. Okay. Actually, I can do that. I have a certain toddler going back to his mom's on Friday. I can carve out five episodes. I think I can do that. So, um, next Monday on YouTube exclusive, we'll do Lock and Key. Um, get it right here. Hit that uh, notification bell. Ring the um, you know. Hit the subscriber button ring the notification bell so you can hear us live on monday doing uh the first five episodes of lock and key and then on tuesday of course we'll be back here for kingdom of honor and then um 
our Patreon exclusive show will be Death Before Dishonor 2011. And you can get that on uh, patreon.com slash kingdom of honor. Uh, you can get a lot of stuff there. And for a small donation, you can keep us happy. You can keep uh, a lot of uh, exclusive content in your eardrums. And we all win. I don't know what I'd say from that. Uh, also, follow us on on Twitter. I'm at Rigi Co-op. He's at Sandman L-O-P. And use the hashtag DAD and the hashtag KOH. You can get all this stuff immediately that way. Well, I just read that the, that the, uh, that the official title for Venom 2 is Let There Be Carnage. I'm not mad at that. Oh, that's, a, that's amazing. That's I'm, amazing. Not, I'm not mad at that at all. Me neither. That's great. So we'll be we'll be watching this week. In addition to watching Death Before Dishonor 2011, we'll also be watching the first half of Impact's Rebellion, which aired last night on um, Access TV and should be available on the Impact Plus app on Thursday or Friday. Um, that'll be that'll be for Kingdom of Honor on Monday. Um, stay tuned tomorrow night to MCLP Radio Adventure. On Friday is WWF The Legacy Series. That's all we've got. We'll try to do better next time. This is Shane saying long days, pleasant nights. And Jeff saying... Goodbye. G1 Climax 27. Goodbye. And good night. At First Commonwealth Bank, we understand that many of today's businesses are facing uncertain times. And that means there's no more important time for having the right financial partner behind you. A partner with the resources and experience to help take care of your business. An SBA preferred lender who can see what others may not and do what others cannot. If you're ready to talk with a financial partner who can help your business today and into the future, there's no better time to talk with us. First Commonwealth Bank, member FDIC. At First Commonwealth Bank, we understand that many of today's businesses are facing uncertain times. And that means there's no more important time for having the right financial partner behind you. A partner with the resources and experience to help take care of your business. An SBA preferred lender who can see what others may not and do what others cannot. If you're ready to talk with a financial partner who can help your business today and into the future, there's no better time to talk with us. First Commonwealth Bank, member FDIC.